Blog Talk Radio. Welcome listeners to Art Fair Radio. This is Connie Mettler at ArtFairInsiders.com, a social networking site for artists, and I'm publisher of ArtFairCalendar.com, the place to find the nation's best art fairs. We have a really big show today, and it's going to be full of commercials, but I hope you'll stick with us because we've got great information to share with you amongst it all. This show today is part of our sixth annual pledge drive when we ask our community to help support our online endeavors that include making art fairs better, bringing audiences to attend and buy art, and helping artists to work smarter, not harder, to earn a living. If you haven't pledged yet to our pledge drive, please visit one of our sites, Art Fair Calendar, Art Fair Insiders, Art Show Reviews, Calls for Artists, and click on the birthday cake right now. We really do appreciate your support. Plus, by sending us some money, you'll be eligible to win over $10,000 worth of prizes donated by our many friends throughout the art fair industry. Can you do that now? Click on that birthday cake. You'll be eligible. In the last half hour of the show, we're going to draw the names of our first 10 prize winners. Those people will get to choose which prize they want. I'm not assigning them. We'll distribute the next 50 prizes on Tuesday, June 2nd. So don't give up hope if we don't call your name today. And on that theme, working smarter, not harder, we've got a guest with us today who's been doing just that, graphic artist Carol Swayze, who's been wrapping her head around making this work for many years. Welcome, Carol. How you doing? I'm great. How are you, Connie? Thanks for inviting me. So glad you could join me. Oh, gosh, Carol. You know, it's a busy time of the year when shows are all really ramping up and you're just off your winter season, and here we go. Next next round, right? Next round. I've got my last show that I put together on the island next week, so I'm like, I'm crazy Whoa. busy, yeah. Okay, oh, well, then, I, gee, I'm, I didn't realize you're, you're, you're tell, tell us about that show. It's uh, I have two shows that I put together down here. One's at a, a small bank and private property, and uh, the one next week is on um, Boca Grande, which is probably the wealthiest zip code on the west coast of Florida. And I'm the only person that gets to shut the road down, luckily. So um, oh. it's going to be hot. It's linked in with the world's richest tarpon tournament, so it's a big um, kind of combination <laughs> festival. Okay, Carol, let's let's get a little background on you. Have you ever had a job? No, ma'am. Um, I have a job, but I've never had a real job, as we call it in the industry. I um, started painting when I was eight, started doing shows when I was 14, when my mommy would drive me. And uh, I've been doing shows ever since. Wow. Done lots you of have, gallery you... work, lots of other, other things, but I've never never worked for anybody. Never worked for anybody else. Were were your parents self-employed also? My mother was a writer. Uh, My father was a theater director. Um, My mom wrote the TV show Taxi. Oh. (laughs) uh, Yeah, she wrote Taxi. She wrote um, numerous other things, but that was about the most famous. Right. So 
you come from a, a line of um, self-employed people, as do I, and I think a lot of the people in our business have that kind of squirrely right. back end. Yeah, right. That just I, doesn't. I, I think it was amazing. I, I mean, we were allowed to do anything we wanted. My sister liked theater. She had a full theater with lighting, with seating, with dressing rooms in our garage by the time she was 12. We used to have plays, and you know, the neighbor came. The neighbors came and paid my sister to act for for them. So, uh, yeah, we were allowed to. Do, if we loved it, we got to do it. That's so. okay, and. And you kind of still do those things today for other people, don't you, with uh, kids and stuff? Yeah, I do a lot of, um, uh, well, I do a lot of community service anyways in the town I lived in, live in. I've lived in the same town for um, almost my entire adult life. So I'm um, I'm kind of the, if anybody thinks of art, they think of Carol Swayze, which is oh. I'm very thankful for. <laughs> How did you get started in art fairs? Um, my mother's. One of my mother's friends um, was the director of the Allentown Art Festival in Buffalo, and the back way back in the day. And they gave me a space when I was 14. And I had a, um, I they gave me a fence, a piece of fence that I used. I didn't have a display. I was a kid, and I taped my drawings to the fence. And I remember making, you know, between three and four hundred dollars, and thought, oh my God, I'm never going to have to work for anybody. <laughs> And you were like fourteen. I was fourteen. Yep. Wow, that that yeah, had I, to be. I, it was exciting. I, you know, I'd been drawing, and because my my dad was in the theater, I did a lot of theater backdrops. I did a lot of work for him in the theater, as far as um, painting jobs. You know, even before that, I, you know, I just I liked to paint. I was pretty good at it. And um, well, as I say, my parents were very supportive. So where do you live? I live in Englewood, Florida. I live on the west coast, um, south of Sarasota, one of, probably one of the most beautiful places on earth. And do you yeah. think the fact that you are, live there has, well, a certain, how has that impacted your your life, your career, your um, career? I, I think because I've stayed in the same place, I'm, um, I have community support, and I think that's an important factor if you've been in a, a place for a long time. I know a lot of artists that um, have been in the same home or the same community for a long time, but don't take advantage of that fact. And um, it, it's amazing when you put your head around it and, and actually figure out what you can, you know, how you can use, you know, just longevity to your advantage. And um, I've been in this town, I, as I say, if, they th- if anybody thinks of art, they think of Carol Swayze. I have events at my studio all the time. I, um, I own a, a big piece of property. I can ride my bike to the beach. I have a beautiful piece of old Florida land that I bought when I, you know, piece by piece when I was a kid. And, um, but I, I, I keep my name in, the, in, in kind of the public eye through, you know, like I say, community service. I just went in last week and spent half a day with my grand in my granddaughter's uh, kindergarten class painting. You know, little things like that. Everybody's got a few minutes they can spare. And um, it's amazing what you get back. The return is, is huge. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. So um, for the, how many art fairs do you do, art fairs per se, like out, out in your tent uh, in a year? Um, now probably 17 or 18. I used to do and about 35. About 35, and now 17 or 18. Um, mm-hmm. 
do, don't do you relocate for part of the year? I have um two cabins in Michigan, so I go to Michigan in the summer. I am not like a lot of artists who go to the Midwest. I it, that's my market's in Florida. My market's down south on the coast. I do well up along the east coast. I I I'm sure I'd do well in California if I decided to drive out there. Um you know, my my work is kind of site specific and um you know, I've learned over the years that you can't just everybody thinks they can just go to a show because it's got a lot of people coming to it and they're going to make a living. Not necessarily mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember some years back, um, there's a photographer by the name of Clyde Butcher, and Clyde does these big black and white photographs, which have been sure. he's been very successful. And he would take them to Cherry Creek, or he would take them in, in Denver, or he would take them to Ann Arbor. And eventually right. he said, whoops. This is not working. So he had very specific work, very successful in one place, but not in these other places where supposedly everybody's making buckets of money. I, I, I that... think that's a fallacy. I, I think that's a fallacy that we all, you know, it's kind of a um, a gambling dream that we all have. Um, I, you know, I, I've been I, I've been at fault there too. I think the the most important thing you can do as an artist is first realize that there are so many pieces of art that you can make in your lifetime. So as a result of that, you only need that many customers to to give you a full lifetime of of money. Um, Secondly, you really need to hone in on who buys your work. You know, I I mean, I I talk to artists a lot. I do a lot of consulting. And I, 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 you know, I'll I'll ask a jeweler, you know, who buys your work? And they'll give you this kind of a, a demographic of the people they think buys their work. Nine times out of ten, if I go to and buy their booth or stand behind their booth and watch them, uh, they're wrong. They're completely wrong, you know. And um, I, I thought my, my, my buyer was the, you know, 25 to 45 hipster, you know, the people that travel, the people that have money, the people that have good jobs are coming up. Well, that's not my buyer at all. My buyer is the... 50 to 75-year-old male, I thought I sold to women. I don't. I sell to men. Um, I sell that they're kind of hip. They travel. They have a lot of money. I mean, the people that I sell to have a lot of money. They they don't have just a little money. They have a lot of money. And um, once I realized exactly who I was selling to, I could home in on those areas and just go there. And it's really, it's been amazing how, how well it's worked. And luckily, one of those areas is exactly where I live. So it's wow. um well, yeah. it's 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 all of a piece. So what is your price range? Um, I have everything from um, right now. I have everything from forty five dollars on up to seven thousand. I I right now I'm not doing printmaking anymore for another reason oh. that's kind of um, hit the marketplace that nobody ever wants to talk about, but the reproduction market has crushed us. It's absolutely crushed us. As a printmaker, you know, people look at, mm-hmm. you know, the numbers on you and they go, oh, that's just a print. And you're like, oh, excuse me, it's not a reproduction. It's not a color copy. It's an actual, I did hand-pulled etchings that I that I hand-painted afterwards. So it's not a not an easy feat. But unfortunately, with with just the development of the, the um reproduction techniques, it's um, it's almost impossible to be a printmaker anymore. If you look at the big shows, 
you look at the numbers in the categories, the printmaking category is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So what it does is it, it makes it harder and harder to get in the category at all in the show. So I jumped to painting. I went straight to original painting. And um, I don't do any reproductions of anything. I probably could make a zillion dollars more than I make. But to be honest with you, I find it, to me, I like to make art every day. I don't want to be a framer. I want to make, I want to paint every single day. And so that's what I do. That's my choice. There. But, um, yeah. Okay, so that's part of it. So, Carol, you said, so you're doing fewer sh- shows now. I have a sign and, in, my, in my studio that mm-hmm. says, less shows, more money. And it's the truth. You look at it every day, right? I look at it every day. <laughs> a few years ago, um, when we, we had a conference at the NAI, I'm the chairman of the NAI now, we had a conference in Indianapolis, and uh, we presented the cost of doing shows. It was uh, myself, Rich Pfizer, Glassblower. Um, uh, we had Cherry Creek, Des Moines, and um, Sarah Schamberger from uh, Crazel. And every, all five of us figured out exactly what it cost us to do shows. And, of course, their shows was one show a year. You know, they, they presented their budget, their costs, what they gave back to the community, all of those things. Um, I figured, Rich and I figured out exactly what it cost us to do shows. Show fees, travel, you know, hotels, gas, food while we're away. Nothing to do with our home, nothing to do with mortgage. We didn't add in any of that. And for me as a printmaker, to do the shows I was doing cost me $2,682 a month. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't do shows, I didn't need $2,682 a month. Yes. When my husband okay. and I stopped doing shows some years back, mm-hmm. I said, let's just not spend any money. Let's just see. Let's just cut to the bone. It was amazing. Right. It was amazing. <laughs> we stopped traveling. I, we I stayed home. Yeah. I know. I think what's also amazing is that um, – while you're away as much as you are, you miss so many opportunities in your local area. You know, I was missing people stopping by my studio to buy art. I was missing, you know, gallery opportunities and opening opportunities okay. and, and home show op- opportunities. I was missing so many things, and I didn't realize it because I was on the run constantly. Okay, and, there we go. Um, so stop for a second. This is this is our and pl- sixth annual pledge drive. We're asking you folks to pledge some money by clicking on the birthday cakes on any of our sites to keep our art fair businesses going so we can get bring you this great information like Carol's sharing with you today and bring you lots of information. And we bring buyers to art fairs. We have 50,000 people who follow me on Facebook. I mean, on my and I bring you to I, we bring customers to the shows to buy art. So this is we really appreciate you're pledging a little money today, and then we're going to give you prizes. Okay, Carol. So you decided you were going to stay home, cut out those expenses, and what you replace them with. I cut you off there. Let tell me again. Okay, I um, stayed home. What I did was I, I really, really studied the shows that I had been doing. I really looked at them. You know, I, I mean, I said, let's give Ann Arbor as, a, as an example. Back in the day in Ann Arbor, I've made as much as $22,000 on that week, okay? Yep. That's a good yep. show. Well, that's not yep. happening anymore, you know? It may be happening for somebody, but I don't hear about it, and it sure as hell isn't happening for me. So 
I, I mean, Ann Arbor costs, I'd say minimum $2,200 to do that show for the four days you're there. Really, it's five or six days because you've got travel time. And when you start telling people that, they don't want to hear it. Most artists don't want to hear that because it's, it's daunting. But when you add it up, I spoke to um, the director of the original show a few years ago, and I said, I said, let's, you know, she, she, we were just discussing the, just the whole, you know, um, show in general, and I said, as far as money for your town, if you have, let's say, let's pick a thousand artists, okay? So you've got a thousand artists that are going to Ann Arbor. That's twenty-two hundred apiece. So that's um, that's two point two million dollars that has to be spent before anybody makes a dime. That's a lot of money, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you've got you've to really hone in on where they're spending money, if they're spending money on art, if that art that they're spending money on is your art, okay? And that, those are the three most important things. And then if, right. if you think that's your market, go there and try it. If it's not your market, you'll know it right away. You, know? you do, you do. You can just tell. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty obvious. Well, okay, so Carol, it is like so you. Mm-hmm. So okay, so it's there are like a couple gambling. things here. You, you yeah. cut back on the number of shows, which cut cut away twenty five hundred dollars a month worth of expenses. Right. But how did you replace the income by staying by doing fewer shows? Okay, the first thing I did was I sat down and I I evaluated the the assets that I had. Okay. I looked at my expenses, what was going out every every month as far as my home, as far as, you know, everything I was doing. Um, I had a high-interest mortgage on my house. I refinanced it. I used the, the, the president's program, whatever that is, presidential thing, and had, a, had my mortgage reevaluated. I went from a seven and three-quarter mortgage to a two, 2% mortgage. So I cut $800 a month off my budget. Um, I looked at my property and thought, okay, what can I do with this? This is, what can I do with this to make money? So I started um, inviting people over. I have concerts. I have house concerts at my house. I have um, uh, home shows. I mean, nobody comes to my house without looking at my work. I have a big studio, big gallery on the property. I don't care if you're the garbage man. I'm going to tour you through my studio. You never know who's going to buy your work. Um, I mean, my roofers. I've got. I'm doing a roof right now. My roofers are in my studio. I think I'm gonna. I think one of my roofers is gonna trade me his time for a piece of art. That's fabulous, <laughs> you know. I mean, yep. Yep. But um, another thing I did was, you know, I I thought, okay, what else can I do with the studio? Um, I looked at my zoning. I can run a school here. I can do this. I can do that. So I do, I do a kids art camp every summer. Oh, it's fun. I ha- I use all my scrap materials. I charge a hundred dollars a child for each session. So if I have twenty kids a week, both sessions, you know, just twenty kids, it's two thousand dollars on Friday. You know, and I teach mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from nine a.m. to four p.m. It's two thousand dollars a week. That's way more money than you're making at shows because I have no expenses. None. That's just, that's right. The overhead's so that's gone. Money. That's like making three grand. It's amazing. Um, I started doing adult fun classes because um, two reasons. One, because I'm trying to use my studio more. Two, because I like to share and it's fun and I have a good time. And I always, you know, one of the things I decided was if I'm going to teach classes, I'm going to end up with a finished piece of art at the end of every class. 
So I'm not wasting oh, my time. Right, because, because my time is yeah, valuable. So, so you're creating yeah. while while they're creating. I'm creating yes. and I'm making mm-hmm. money, even though I'm making money with them coming and I'm making money when I sell a piece. And a lot of times I sell a piece to one of the people that are in my class. So, and I, you know, we have a much more involved community now. The younger people, that's the way to get these young young kids in there. You know, the 20s to 30s, they want to participate. That's why these art parties are jumping up. That's why, you know, there's so many more, in you know, in, there's more involvement with people now. They want to participate and do things. So it, it's a great marketplace, and it's so easy. I mean, you don't – you. You can you can do this in your sleep. You've done it your whole life. You know you don't have to give away trade secrets because, for God's sake, they're not going to be able to use them anyway. You know you're not creating any kind of competition because the chance of them ever going home and doing this is nil. So it's just a really it's a, it's a good way. So I added about eighteen thousand dollars to my income by teaching classes for four months. And um, huh. that's a, that's and a nice that is pure. That that is like that is. You didn't have to hire it's somebody. You didn't have to pay free. somebody's 1099s. You didn't have to buy supplies. You didn't have to uh, rent right. a space. You didn't have to. You had to do some marketing. That's Word of the mouth. the next thing I was going to say. The next thing I was oh. going to tell you. Mm-hmm. You need to okay. be your own. I mean, I'm I'm considering starting a um, a business. How um, um, It'll be called something like, I can make you famous in your own hometown in two months. And I almost guarantee I can make anybody famous in their own hometown in two months. I know how to do it. I know who to go to. I know how to. And I, 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 I'm in the paper at least every two weeks, every three weeks if I'm stocking, but at least every two weeks. I write my own press releases. I send in my own images. Um, I know every – there's not a reporter anywhere near me that doesn't know me personally, hasn't been to my house for dinner, hasn't, you know, doesn't own some of my work. Um, I get to know these people, and I know what they want. And there's something that people don't realize. If you write a good press release, and it's basically a formula. If you write a good press release and you send them a picture with it and the press, not a not a jotted down, a, an actual story. You have to write the story for them. You're doing a week's worth of work for them. They love you. They will take any – so there's you- nothing that I send that they don't print. Okay, so here's here's the other part of it. I thought press releases were done for that instead you needed to do email. You're, so you are like paper press releases? Oh, I'm doing, oh no, them? I'm doing them. They're email. They're straight email. Okay. Yeah, there's no paper okay. anymore. It used to be drop-off. No, it's all email. Okay, yep. so good subject line. And, of course, they know you because these are the local people. So they, right. they're going to open your emails. But here's another thing. I tested it two years ago because, as I say, I have a cabin in Michigan. So there's a mm-hmm. small festival on Labor Day in, in the town that I live in in the summer. And I went to them, their committee, and I said, let me do your publicity because I wanted to test my theory and test, test the way I do it. I did exactly mm-hmm. what I would do in my town. I knew nobody to start with. I went in there cold. I didn't know one person. I didn't know one. I didn't know anybody, no editor, no nothing. And guess what? They had four times the people at their festival because of what I did. So I can do it anywhere. It doesn't matter. It works Would wherever you want to Would you help me sell pledge drive prizes? 
Well, yeah, oh, here's the thing about it. You know, what it, what it is, it's the rinse and repeat thing. You know, you you do it, oh, you do it again. You know, I know I've, right. I've been sending out a lot. Two two weeks a year, I do this pledge drive, and I ask people to send me money. It's pretty ballsy, frankly. It is. Send me money. And I say it. Don't just say it once. I don't just say it twice. I just like right. I finally learned they can just delete it, you know, they can, or they can respond. And if they see it once, they're not going to do much. If they see it 10, 20 times, so it's taken me a long time. I was very properly brought up to get in people's faces and say, give me your money. Give me money. (laughs) Well, I'll be honest with you, that's a skill. skill. And the bottom line is if you are providing them a product that's going to benefit them, then you should be proud of it. And there should be no, no, I have no problem asking people for money. You know, I do it every day. Please buy my work. Do this, you know. Even with my roof project, you know, I sent it out on Facebook. I said, if you can't physically come here and help me, why don't you come to my studio and buy a piece of art and help support my project? And I had 10 sales. It's your own Kickstarter. Absolutely. I do it all the time, you know. But it's, um, but... I'm proud of what I do, and people love it. So, you know, it's not, it's like what you do. You do a lot for a lot of, for artists all over the country. So, you know, I, they shouldn't have any problems, you know, sending you a few dollars now and then. What What is, I don't, I really think I do a lot of services for artists. I know that I do what really pleases me. Not only, of course, artists, they do not have a lot of money, but when the the other people who are not artists, who just love my sites and thank me for, Sending them, telling mm-hmm. them about art fairs, and they travel to Omaha and Des Moines, and they live, you know, sure. in Chicago, and they, you know, and they say, and then right. they send me money. I was like, you know, I should be rich by now. Oh no, <laughs> we chose to be self-employed because we didn't want a job. Yeah, oh, there you go. Artists. I don't think rich is part of it. Rich in no, spirit. Rich yeah. yeah, rich in spirit. Totally a wonderful lifestyle, yeah. and um, that's. That's what is what what is so enriching about it and why people get attracted to it, of course. And you as a you have your four hundred dollars sale when you were a, a fourteen years old, yep, that's you you hooked, right? It 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 can Absolutely. happen. Okay, so a lot of it is, is your own chutzpah, your own background. I mean this we could make a I'm making a whole long list here of things that have enabled you to stay home. I would say, would you? Seems to me like the keystone is being visible in your own community. I, I believe so. I, here's here's an example of something I did one day. I was sitting and I we I have as I said, Boca Grande is right down the street from me, a very wealthy mm-hmm. island full of very wealthy mm-hmm. people. Um, they mm-hmm. come for maybe two months a year, three months a year, and then they're off to their regular houses. Um, mm-hmm. I went. I looked at the local, they have one little local weekly paper every Friday, and I was going to put an ad in the paper. I, I try to equate everything to a 16 by 20 painting, which is $250, or to a show fee, which is, you know, anywhere from two to $400 anymore, the average. So mm-hmm. I was looking through the, the paper, and the ad, a, a full-page ad for their weekly paper was $760. Okay, so that's like two show fees or, you know, three paintings. And I thought to myself, okay, and as I read through the paper, I saw a tiny ad in the back, um, bridge lesson, $100. Well, in my the way my mind works, I thought, huh, I like to play cards. My grandmother played bridge. I'm pretty good with numbers. So I called the number. So I signed up for bridge lessons. Rather than get the $750 ad, I spent $100, and I went to Boca Grande to play bridge with them. Well, I'm good at bridge. I'm good at cards. 
I like to oh. talk. I have no, I'm very proud of myself. I'm proud of my work. Um, I did this class. People got people didn't know who I was, but they knew my name because I've been in this community so long, and a right. lot of them owned my work already because they bought it at the gallery or wherever. Yep. So yep. When we at the end of these lessons, after a couple of weeks, they pass around a paper. Everybody sign up, and we'll you know we'll call you and we'll play bridge and practice in different houses. Well, guess what? <laughs> Firstly, they were amazed. They were everybody was like, "Oh my God, Carol Swayze's here! Carol Swayze's here!" And I thought, "Okay, oh, that's so right. I start playing. <laughs> I start playing bridge with them all in their homes. Well, guess what? They start buying my work, one after the other. Every single everybody uh-huh. started. Mm-hmm. I mean, people I had never been able to reach in my life mm-hmm. started to buy my work. Mm-hmm. I, it's just right. a simple yeah. thing." You know, it cost me a hundred dollars. You know, um, yeah. they have a, a four-digit phone book. You know, the ads for a four-digit phone book are um, four hundred and fifty dollars. That's for a year. You're in front of them in their home in their phone book. Uh, that's a no-brainer. That's a showpiece. You know, yes. things like that. Okay. Wow. Carol, okay, it's, it is almost time for us to give away some prizes for the pledge drive. Do you? Are you in front of a computer? I might be sure because we usually I've <clears throat> I forgot to check this with you ahead of time. We we pull numbers from a website that I that I like to go to to do this. Do you, if you can get in front of a computer, can you? All right, I'm in front. Yep. Okay, I want you to go to a website called random dot org. Okay. And what we're going to do here, everybody, is that we're we're going to give away the first ten prizes in our, for our pledge drive. We have over ten thousand dollars worth of prizes. It's pretty exciting. You could, how about wouldn't you like two hundred dollars worth of gallery pouches from Frame Destination so you could ship your carry your work to shows? Or don't you need some great new ingot weights, you know, to hold your tent down? Or if you're a show provider, we, we, there's this new service called the Event Shop that connects. Show directors with sponsors. It's their job. If they you got a free ad on their site for two months, and it's going to make people come and find your shows. He's got sponsors. He's got the sponsors, and you guys can connect with him through his sponsors. It's a really new service. Besides, lots of booth fees. So anyway, Carol, how are you doing on Random.org? Are you there? I'm there. Sure. Okay. What well, this is is some. Sort, yep. This what this is is um. Folks, this is a service that is just like, I don't even understand. It's something up in the cloud. (laughs) And Carol's going to put in some numbers, and then she's going to call a number. And then I have a Google Doc here with all the people who've donated so far. And she's going to call a number, and then I'm going to, I'm looking at my list here, and who is going to get the first prize. And what we're going to do is whoever's name is called, in, in the order your name is called, you get the first pick. Do you want the mesh walls from Flourish, or do you want the free booth space at from Rose Squared in New Jersey, or do you want that beautiful painting or that photo from uh, Deb Planky, or do you want, oh, gosh, Art Fair Service Book? I mean, there's a, we, all kinds of great prizes. Okay, so, Carol, would you put in there, over there on the side, I, I haven't pulled it up, but your numbers are going to run from 1 to... 234, and then I want you to spin the wheel. All right. What's your first number? Ready? 89. 
number 89 is, let's see here, 89, huh, well, it's a photographer whose name I didn't quite get pulled together, but it's Bob at Bob's Photos, and I'm sorry, I'm not doing a better job on that. But he is, <laughs> he gets number one, and I will have a name. I have it someplace else, but I was filling this out this morning, and I didn't uh, didn't get that for it. Okay, so, Bob, thank you. You get the first pick of anything on the nice. prize list. Woo-hoo. Okay, Carol, who's, who's, let's spin it again. All right, 130. Okay, let me see. I've just got to get this. I'm going to make sure I'm writing Bob's name down in big, bright letters. Okay, 130 is, again, this is somebody with a a business name, and I don't have their name, but it's Lakestone Jewelry. Lakestone Jewelry is this is number two, and here's the amazing thing. You're going to love this person's email address. It's Granny Panties. <laughs> <laughs> so these are really these are real folks here. Granny Panties wow. is number two. Let me I better one is Bob. Okay, and let's see, Lake Stone is number two. Okay, let's let's do number three. Two twenty eight. Two twenty eight is I can't believe it. Here's somebody else again. With that, it's not a name. It's someone with a business name, and I didn't get a chance. But I did look up their site. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is JMC Studio. It's a graphic designer in Chicago area. So they are number three. So some of these people, somebody like that, may not be interested in the flourish mesh walls and the RFR source book, but they'd be interested in some of the other things. Okay, so let's okay, let's take a little break here. Let's see, we got a little time left. So Carol. So amongst the the many things you do, besides doing things in your community to promote yourself and the arts, right? You get to go to your grandchildren's room and do cool things with the kids. You also have took on a big job recently. You're now the president of the NAIA? I am, yes. Tell tell Um, us in a few sentences what the NAIA is. Well, we're actually a trade organization that um, basically kind of kind of tries to uh, keep a level playing field out there for artists, making things fair, you know, uh, trying to uh, uh, advocate, you know, best practices to shows. And um, just, you know, if artists have problems or if there are issues with shows or show directors need help, you know, we kind of intercede and, and uh, there are a whole, we have a whole bank of, you know, kind of educated humans that have answers for people sometimes. You know, we go, we're, we we Work it out until we find an answer, at least try to. But um, uh, it's a, I, I, I actually joined the NAIA at the second meeting that they formed at Disney years and years ago because I thought it was a, you know, it was, we just needed a voice. We're kind of the voice. Um, artists are kind of, you know, have a, have a nervous twinge when you mention the word show director, and show directors actually feel almost the same about artists. Yes. So it's good to have kind of a, a go-between and, you know, intermediary that can talk to both. And um, I really enjoy the interactions I have with, with both the artists and the show directors. Um, you know, we're all just human. We're all just trying to, you know, make it work in the same industry. And, um, 
you know, for the most part, we're trying to do the right thing. You know, there are a lot of times, you know, things kind of screw up and, you know, mistakes are made, but it's good to, you know, I get to point them out, kind of. I kind of enjoy oh, that. Oh, that's, that's always good. <laughs> that's always fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that I think is the most important thing about the NAIA is something you kind of mentioned. It broke down a lot of the barriers between the yeah. artists and show directors. They got together at meetings. And the other thing that I think is so important is it took shows, anybody who, show directors who were interested, it took them out of their towns and they met other people. Yeah. And they networked yeah. and it brought up the level of shows everywhere because I think so. they... Yeah, they they traveled to shows and and met other shows and and the other cool thing that I think is very cool is that artists tend to think they apply to a show. It's like out of the blue that person who's getting the applications never heard has never heard of them before. Sorry, folks. <laughs> they right. network. They go to shows. They are visiting shows. They know who you are, and it's a it's a good thing because the NAI has en- enabled. This, it's not so much um, us versus them as it used to be, because no, we it's talk to each other. It's a conversation. I think it's a conversation, and I think it's important. You know, in lieu of a, um, you know, you can't say the word, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like the a union. <laughs> I hate to even use yeah. the U word. But in lieu of a union, mm-hmm. um, it's good to have somebody as an advocate for you. If you're, you know, I. I I've never been afraid to talk to a show director in my life to begin with, but I know a lot of a lot of artists are. They think that they're going to get blackballed. They, you know, there are a few blackball lists that I've come across over the years, but there are very few. For the most part, show directors want their show to, to succeed and and do well. You know, because it's their their um, community on the line. You know, they want to do well for their community, so they really want the artist to do well, so they'll come back. And, right. Uh, well, we all know, want. We I, all want to. Yeah. I think there's an we issue all want there the accolades. too. That, that, right. But I think there's an issue there too. It's uh, you know, down here we have a lot of clubs, you know, private clubs for wealthy people, and they all have GMs, you know, general managers. They come and go. They come in. They, you know, if you're a general manager in a high high profile club, you usually stay three to five years. Then your career is telling you to move on to the next one, so you get a higher level and better paying job, that sort of thing. Everybody that comes in, just as show directors, a lot of times they come in, they have all these grandiose ideas, they want to change this, they want to kind of put their stamp on it. I think that's one of the biggest issues we see at shows is that, you know, if a show is running well, it's like a working machine. Don't touch it. (laughs) You know, my suggestion would be just continue to let it run well. You know, stay the course. Um, that doesn't always happen, of course. And 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 with the show directors changing with volunteer boards and volunteer um, committees, you know, you have people coming in to shows every other year or every three years sometimes, sometimes every year, that absolutely know nothing about what they're doing. So it's good to have someone with a little guidance that can, you know, give them give them some ideas. Well, I think that uh, like Winter Park would be a good example of a, an event that's been around for a long time, all volunteers, and they train the next people along the road to do it the Winter Park way, and it keeps that show. Of all the shows, though, of all the bigger shows, you know, mm-hmm. the well, well-produced shows, they're very amenable to talking. 
to, to yes. listening to suggestions. I'm always impressed by, you know, just their their lack of ego, I guess you could call it. They, you know, they they like to learn. They want their show to succeed. They want it. They want the artist to come back. So it's, you know, they're easy to talk to. Some shows not so much, but they're easy. They're good. And uh, okay. that's so, impressive. You know, they they just want us to do well. Right. So the NAIA is is that wonderful link between artists and shows, and and the thing that it's it's like the only localized voice. If there's some issue going on, it's the place where people can get information, and that's that's a wonderful thing that that you do. We also, I'm a founding we member myself. We, yeah, we have the action line, which is the the most underused value of being an NAIR member. And right now, it's open to anybody. You don't have to be a member. And that's, I mean, we have some amazing people that will um, go to bat for you. You know, if you have an issue with a show, you send it to the action line, and our people go to the show. It's completely um, uh, undercover. Nobody knows who who, who brought them from play right. in. You know, they know yeah. us. They don't know you. And um, it's a really great way to come to some kind of, um, you know, solution to a lot of problems out there. And uh, Okay, you know, let's not, pull some more names. Well, Alrighty. Let's pull some names. Let's what what we got, Carol. Okay, we have, have a be somebody I know. <laughs> one sixty five. One six five. One sixty five. This is Philip Green. Philip Green, you are the number four winner today. Thank you, Philip, for your pledge. Let's do another one. Uh, 57. 57. This would be somebody who pledged early on. This is someone who's won before. I think she won a tent from us once. This is Suzanne Krongold. Whoa, good job, Suzanne. Thanks for pledging again. Wow. Okay, like, whoops, I better write these down, right? Yep. Okay. And five. Let's do one more. Uh, 144. Okay. 144. Yep, this is somebody who's pledged before, too. This is Trish DeVere. Thanks, Trish. Trish is a jeweler. She's been following and taking, helping us support the site for a, a long time. Thanks, Trish. Trish. Okay, so, Carol, I want to get back to... Um, all those those very nitty gritty things about earning a living and watching the bottom line. So that was basically your comeuppance there. The things were rolling along well, for a long time. There was a great money flow, and then bad things happened. And then you I stopped. Think, I think that I think the industry has just gotten. Um, too big for one. I think there are too many shows, so people take shows for granted some at some point now. Um, uh, there's a, you know, people think nothing of buying a thousand dollar, you know, iPhone or a computer or some kind of technology, or a, you know, five hundred dollar purse. But you yeah. know, putting a piece of art on the wall is education. You know, if your family, if your parents didn't have art on the wall, chances you won't have art on the wall. So it's kind of a, you know, we kind of, and that's another reason to go out in your community and talk to people and show them what you do and get them to like you so they come to your studio and buy art. I mean, it's just a, a it's an education thing where you're teaching, you know, 
uh, teach art camp, you, you're creating little artists, you're creating art collectors. Um, well, the I other thing are, I know, uh, because I live in a small town, too, and um, we were, and, and we, I live in Michigan, and I'm near, not far from Ann Arbor, and so there's a lot of awareness of art fairy kind of stuff. And right. but we moved to this small town, and they had a little show for my husband at the Norm Darwish at the op, at the Opera House, and then someone wanted some of the things to put in his uh, restaurant, and we did a little couple little local shows, and now it's like the big thing. Everybody mm-hmm. felt like they had to have a Norm Darwish photo. I mean, and. Right. People come up and tell me about them, and then if they've got them and their friends don't, then their friends have to have them. It is, you can get, I never, when we moved it's here, wonderful. Right. never expected to earn money from the town. We moved here because it was a great location for traveling to do shows, but we have had such great support from this community, and we haven't begun I, I to that's do the things that the, you've done. Right, but I think that's one of the mistakes artists make. They don't take advantage of their of their hometown they don't think that people notice them and people notice artists you know we're different we're flamboyant we you know we stand out in a crowd um so people have noticed you whether you think they have or not you just have to get them to buy something from you you know and the more they (laughs) buy from you at home the less you have to travel and literally it's 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 a no-brainer it's 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 and it's so nice to stay home my God! Well, I saw I saw, saw your show schedule. You're doing something besides uh, art camps and things like that. It looks like you're doing a little fishing. I do a lot of fishing. Yeah, I do a lot. Of, I am. Um, I don't wait for life to find me. I go out and find life. I believe in living every day to the fullest, and I I take advantage of, of my freedom. Which you know, I, I somebody asked me the other day what it was like to be an artist. I said. Oh my God, it's awesome! It's like being a baseball player. You know, you get to play all day, every day. It's amazing. You know, and then yes. make money. That's just a sideline. That's a, that's wonderful. But, um, well, but you have to work hard at it. You know, you have to do. You know, you have to really work hard at it, and you know, make your work count. Which, um, you know, we all do that anyways, but we kind of hide away in our studios. And uh, I think you just really have to go out in your community and and you know participate. And then people okay. will participate with you. One of one of the good things about specific pretty much to your region because you do a lot of marine life, in which is mm-hmm. so you you're right there. You're taking advantage of things that you love, but it also your community loves. So that's a Absolutely. that's a good thing, and that helps a lot, right? Yeah, well, that, that course, helped a lot. Um, it kind of was an issue with the Gulf oil spill because people didn't want to think about the Gulf oil spill, and they would look at my work and they'd kind of walk away and want to just get away from me. But I I turned that around to my advantage, too, because I said, you know, I said, I want to bring awareness of what happened. And, I, I, you know, it's important that that you people know. It's important that you know that the ocean, our Gulf of Mexico, is attached to the Indian Ocean. It's attached to the Great Lake. You know, all this, this water is all attached. And what happens in one place happens everywhere. So it's it's important. So I get to actually, you know, when I'm on the road and talking to people, I get to talk about the Gulf and talk about the issues, you know, the environmental issues, and you know, that's another passion of mine. So it um it's worked very well for me. Huh. Okay. So all right. So we got that those parts, and then the outreach. I love your idea about joining the Bridge Club. That's just just a great a great way to get into a certain 
demographic. And there you, then you're this exotic flower in the midst of the demographic. Yeah. <laughs> the club and, ladies. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, I used to teach a can. I used to teach a kids art class at the art center in town right before I went to to um, play bridge a couple of years ago. So I would come out of my class. I barely had enough time to hop in my truck, cross the bridge, and get to the island to get there in time for bridge. I'm a good enough player where everybody wants to be my partner. I would come in there sometimes uh. with blue hands. You know, we'd be tie-dyeing. I'd have blue hands covered with paint. You know, these are wealthy, wealthy people. They love me. <laughs> they still love me. You know, it's just uh, <laughs> but it's, I, it's wonderful. We've developed these great relationships. And I've sold, because of where I live, I have sold to four generations of people. You know, the elderly people are still buying my work because now they're supporting me. Do they need to buy another Carol Swayze? Not really, but they just want to support me. They like me. You know, and that's a big, that's, that's definitely an advantage that you can have just by staying put and staying in the one place. Yeah, okay, That so that that really builds it. Well, folks, we are in the last several days of our pledge drive. We want you, come on, Carol, let's tell them what we want them to do. Send us Send money. Connie money. <laughs> Send Connie money. Money first. <laughs> money. So we got we got to get the money because I want. I've got a a lot more videos. I've got videos I have to post that from art fairs. I've interviews with artists. I've got business people who've got stuff to share with me. I've got so much stuff that I want to do, and I want to have those websites being. I want to spread the more, bring more people to the art fairs who appreciate their work. And you know, Carol, earlier you said you thought your your customers were the younger hipsterish people. Turns out they aren't. Well, guess they what? Are. That is no surprise, is it? They're just that's the who's going to be at those art right. fairs? It's that older people, and I need to reach them. One of the reasons I even have these websites is that I was complaining to my children that our sales were down ten or so years ago. And they said, well, that's because you're not online, Mom. you got to build some Absolutely. websites and grab those people. And lo and behold, if you Google art fairs, guess what comes up? Number one, art right. fairs in Michigan, art fairs in Florida, art fair number one, except in the summertime, Ann Arbor often comes up number one And if you do art fairs in Michigan. So that's okay. They can have it in July. But the rest of the year, my sites bring people to the art fairs. They are your customers because these are the people who are looking online. This is the only online site for all shows nationwide. Purpose is to bring people to the shows. Lots of sites want to get money from artists. I'm not asking for money from artists. I'm trying to build you, your audience, and hope you will help me keep it going. Oh, gosh, that's too much of a commercial. Gosh, I could do that. <laughs> that's a good one. I have another tip <laughs> that I'd like to share. Okay, yes. Um, one of the things I did, and I know every single artist that's listening to this or that you ever will talk to, we all have this pile in our studio, little notes, little cards, people's names, ideas of what they want us to do. When you're at a show, somebody says, oh, I, I wish you would do this. I wish you could do a piece like this. In general, we put those in a pile and we don't do them. You know, we think, oh, that's that's only a $300 piece. Oh, that's only an $800 piece. Oh, that's this. And it's only a possibility. What I did when I decided to do this is I sat there and I went through that pile of papers. I... I committed to calling every single person in the pile, regardless of how long ago it was. I had one name that was 10 years old okay, that I hadn't thrown out 10 years ago. 
I got a commission, a $900 commission from that person. It was ten, He was so thankful that I called him. It was 10 years ago. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I generated about $15,000 out of that pile of paper. Everybody, <laughs> every one of us has those because we always say, oh, I'm not going to bother with that. I'm going to get my work ready because I might sell it at a show. The, that pile in your studio is guaranteed money. You're ignoring it. It's guaranteed money. Right. Yep. The other so thing is we used to, yeah, we, we used to hold some people, if we, was, we were having a good show, we'd hold some pieces back and put them in the back. My husband would do this. He'd put them in the back because right. we're going to need them for the next weekend. And I would like, really? <laughs> Who cares about next weekend? Absolutely. <laughs> right? It's crazy. Strike, yes. Yeah, strike right. while the iron's hot Take and the while they're there. First. And Okay, money first. We Take are. The money first. You, you, that's that's right. Well, that's what we. That's what I learned. My folks are self-employed. You got to get out and do it. Carol, let's spin the dial. Let's see if we can get some give away a couple more prizes here. We've only given away six so far. Got four to go. Uh, one sixty-nine. One six. Ah, this is some. This is Ernie Komarik. Ernie's been a member of my site for a long time. He does those cool. You can buy from Ernie the. Um, he has plans for making your own pro panels. He sells this, these cool panel um, descriptions and plans, and he always contributes to my pledge drive. He sends, gives me plans. He advertises on my website, and lo and behold, he gave me money too, so he gets a prize. Yes, good, good job, Arnie. Okay, let's let's try another one. Uh, Thirty-one. Thirty-one. This is an early contributor. Oh, goody. This is Carrie Jacobson. Carrie's a painter from the East Coast, and she's been she's written lots of great blog posts on Art Fair Insiders, and she's been a good friend. Thank you, Carrie. I bet you'd like her, Carol. She's a lot like you. I think you guys would be good buddies. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Before we, we're going to have wrap this up in a little while. So, so what – let's see. Are, what what are you thinking about for like the three most in, best tips you have for somebody who wants to simplify their life and stop running from pillar to post? Figure out what you're spending. Figure out where your money comes from. Number one, you've got to figure out where your money. I mean, I used to joke about budget. You know, back in the day, I you know I'd do a show, I'd make a make a bunch of money, I'd buy a surfboard, I'd buy something expensive because I made that uh-huh. kind of money always. Um, uh huh. Figure out what you're doing with your money, where it's going, where it's coming from. You know, are you buying the best supplies you can from the best wholesaler you can? All of those things. And then just kind of go through it piece by piece and figure out where you're, you know, where you're losing your money, where it's dripping away. And and change that, you know. I, I mean, if you go to the same show three years in a row because everybody else does well there and you don't do well there, you're wasting your time. You know, I don't care how fun Ann Arbor is. I love Ann Arbor. I love the town. Oh, gosh, yeah. I love people. I love everything about that show, everything except the sales. You know, mm-hmm. it's just not my show anymore. It used to be. It's just not anymore. So I had to stop doing it. Instead, I do Potofsky, which is a one-day gig up in northern Michigan that has my people. You know, they're there on vacation from wherever destination they're from, but they're there. And, and so I do – I make – eight times as much money as I was making in Ann Arbor for an eighth the cost. Mm-hmm. 
So it's just, it makes sense, you know. Did I want to do that? Do I miss the, the Diag? Do I miss the crazy stuff that happens in Ann Arbor? Absolutely, I miss it. You know, the yeah, fun of being of- there with all those artists, I love that. I loved coming into that town on the freeway and watching the day before, just watching the vans, you know, coming into the into the freeway as we all approached Ann Arbor. It's just a happening. It's just an amazing thing. But yeah, there's a great energy. <laughs> it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, you know. But I can't make money there, so I had to stop going there. And that's a hard that's hard to do. You know, that's number that's number two. You know, firstly figure out where your money's going. Secondly, figure out what shows are, are paying off for you. And quit doing the ones that aren't. You know, stop stop doing that because you're wasting your money. You know, and then do you do um, first year shows? All the time. Absolutely. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. If okay. I think I think if I think it's my people if it's a mm-hmm. show I haven't done, but I think my people are there, absolutely, I'll go. First year show, I love first year shows because you've got energy, you've got excitement. Yep. You know, yep. everybody's yep. excited. Yep. They're they're trying yep. so hard. You know. Yep. And yep. um. Okay. You know, another thing that people don't realize, and this is something I tell show directors all the time, is what we as artists bring to their communities. You know, we're there at the most expensive time of the year every single show. I mean, you ask artists yep. how many fireworks displays they've seen this year. Oh, you know, we've my all gosh, seen I can't 20 or 30. Yeah. We see them all the yeah. time because we're at that, that town's once-a-year celebration. But yep. as a result, the hotels are more expensive, the food is more expensive, the gas is more expensive. You know, we don't get deals on any of that. So we bring an enormous amount of money to your community, besides the fact that it's a proven fact that bringing art into a community lessens crime, it lessens a lot of, of the negatives. So it's um, you know, we should be treated better. <laughs> okay. Really okay. You know? So we're almost out of time. So what's tip number three, and then we'll choose our last two names. Make your time. Or is count. that good enough? Excuse me. I think make your time count. Make you your know? time Don't count. Waste That's a good your time. one. Don't waste your okay. time on things that are not paying off for you. All right, let's let's run let's turn the dial and see let's get our next two names for our top ten today. Uh, 197. 197 is John Weller Photography. John, you are contestant number nine. John Weller. Thank you, John. Who's next? 17. Excuse me again? 17. 17. Okay, early. Uh, Stuart Casper is number 10. Okay, all you people will be hearing from me. You know where our time is running out. Folks, you still got time to pledge. We're not going, we're going to have our final drawing on Tuesday at 6 p.m. These people are going to get the top 10 prizes they want. They may not be the ones you want. So please do pledge. Click on the birthday cakes. And I want to say thank you so much, Carol, for all this good information. And everybody, join the NAIA and do smart things with your time and your money. Right, Carol? Absolutely. All right. Thank you a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 